Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Mandarin Blueprint podcast, episode 185. So today I want to start off by telling you, just giving you a bit of an update as to what I've been doing personally with my study lately and how effective I'm finding this particular activity. Now, it's nothing, if you've been following us for a while, it's not anything that you will have uh, not heard before. What I'm referring to is shadowing. So if you aren't sure what shadowing is, shadowing is basically you put on a piece of Chinese content or whatever language you're studying, and you it's something at your level which you can understand, right? And you, you play it until you sort of understand. Maybe you don't shadow immediately. Maybe you make sure you understand all of the missing words that you don't know. Um, familiarize yourself with the content a few times. Maybe once is enough. And then you just play it and you try to keep up with the voice. You try to imitate the voice exactly. So you choose something that you want to imitate. So you choose like a piece of content that you enjoy on a topic that you're actually interested in. And then you play it time and time again. Now, it's it's really simple and it's really effective. But there's something that I've been doing recently, which I kind of never did, which is uh, I think a lot of people miss out on this particular uh, part of shadowing. And I think you miss out on a lot of the gains, maybe the vast majority of the gains that you get from this activity if you don't do this, which is listen to the same piece of content and shadow the same piece of content over and over and over again. <laughs> now, it sounds very boring, right? If I just say that, it sounds, sounds very boring, but it, I'll tell you why it's not. Or if it is, I'll tell you how to make it not boring. You find, first of all, a piece of content that you are interested in. So if you like movies, uh, find a little dialogue or maybe a YouTube video where a person reviews movies. And if you just search like 电影评论, right? or ping uh, jia or something like that on, on YouTube, you'll find like several very high quality YouTube channels with Chinese people just often in a very funny and entertaining way going through and reviewing movies, right? That's just one example. But even if you're not fascinated by the subject, just choose something. Now, if you're, especially if you're a lower level, right, where your, your choices are um, less diverse because you have a lower vocabulary and things like that. So. Don't be too picky, but find something that is like within the realm of something that you, you might be interested in. Play it and familiarize yourself with all the new words uh, and then start trying to shadow it. So you'll play the content and you'll try and basically, after every sentence, you'll immediately say that sentence. Now in terms of how to shadow, there's a few different ways you can do it, but, but it depends on where you are, what situation you're in. But I personally just put on my uh, in-ear earphones. I have like, a, a, what do you call them, Beats. Beats earphones, the ones that go in your ear, and that's fine. I just the ones that go in your ear. I just put those in my ear, and I in both ears, and I play at full volume while I'm out walking my dogs, which I do for about 20 minutes, half an hour every single evening, right? And that's my perfect time to do this. I also set aside some time in the morning as well uh, to do that. And when I'm in the in the morning, I'm at my desk here and I can just put on my noise-canceling earphones, or at least one side of it. And the reason why it's, it's a good idea to do that is because you can hear your own voice as well. And by doing that, you can sort of follow your own voice real time and listen to how well it matches up with what you're hearing, right? You can actually go a step further. There's, there's a setup that Matt versus Japan does. Um, there's a video that I, I found of him talking through his shadowing uh, setup. 
which involves putting noise-canceling earphones here like on both ears and then putting another in-ear earphone on one ear inside the earphones. I haven't tried that yet. I actually did. I tried to buy like a set of earphones, but it was too long and it was like poking in my ear. So I just, I canceled that. But um, I'm sure that would be probably the most effective way of doing it. But you can sort of, as they say in Chinese, you can just like, yeah, you can settle for uh, using both in-ear earphones or just one side of your noise-canceling earphones. And it, it does almost as good a job, right? Um, so back to the main point of this, which is how effective I'm finding shadowing lately since I started just focusing on depth rather than breadth, right? So basically focusing on one or two, maybe three pieces of content, listening to them over and over and over and over again, as opposed to listening to a different piece of content every day. So when it comes to language learning, language acquisition, I think it's, it's, it's better to have a deeper understanding of a, of a smaller section of words than have you know, a shallow understanding or sort of a passive understanding of like a, a bunch of words. Uh, don't get me wrong, you want both. <laughs> you, want, you want both, you want passive and active vocabulary, but in order to have an active vocabulary, really, you wanna just listen to the same thing over and over. So what I want you to do this week is, no matter what your level is, just try that out. So if you're a lower level, just do chorusing, right? So it's basically what you listen to one or two sentences and you parrot them, just repeat them over and over and over and over and over again. And with a single sentence, that's actually great because you can get so many reps in and there's a surprising amount you can learn from a single sentence. It's not just about you know, the, f the five to 10 words in that sentence. It's also the grammar structures and things like that. You're, you're absorbing, you're acquiring every time you repeat that sentence. So try that out. Now, if you're on that Mandarin Blueprint Method course, you can use our individual sentence files that come at the end of every level, right? So there's, after level 13, you get every single sentence that you've unlocked in that whole level as like a, a pack, all right? Just an immersion pack with no English at all. It's just the, let the sentences playing over and over again in order, and you can also get them as separate files as well in case you wanted to choose particular sentences. Um, so you've got both of those options there. And I recommend you just play that over and over again. And you, it's also good for passive listening. So you just put it on in the background. Uh, and then when you can, you start chorusing or parroting or shadowing or whatever it is you want to call it. And if you're a bit of a higher level, you can use our long form content, our dialogues, our little articles, our stories that you unlock a little bit later on in the course and just treat them the same way, shadow, shadow, shadow. So instead of trying to do all of them, I think we have like a hundred of them. <laughs> instead of that, just choose one or two, or maybe three, and just hammer those, just hammer those really hard. Just every single day, listen to the same piece of content over and over again. So the way I do it is I spend 30 minutes in the morning. This is my, my goal every day is minimum 30 minutes. I don't always reach that goal if my mornings are extra busy then I probably won't quite reach that goal, but um, because the morning is my best time to do shadowing. So I have to go wake my, my family up at 8 a.m. every morning, right? And I get up around six-ish these days. So 7.30, I stop work and I set my timer for 30 minutes and I go into my Dao app, all right? This is for more advanced, sort of like intermediate, upper intermediate and advanced learners and it's fantastic, I'll tell you why. So I'll take my Dao app, this little owl app, Dao, as in to obtain in Chinese. Um, stay away from this if you're a beginner, even if you're just going into intermediate, I don't recommend this. Um, but if you're a solid intermediate or above, this is awesome because as someone who is, uh, I'm an entrepreneur and I, I feel, 
like I don't read enough. I need to read a lot more in my life, but I'm trying to improve my Chinese. I've just had a daughter. I've got two young children under three. Uh, and of course, I have a full time, more than full time business. <laughs> but he's like 60 hours a week or something like that. Six days a week, you know, 10, 12 hours a day. So and two dogs. <laughs> right. So I have a, a pretty full and busy life. Um, that's no excuse, by the way. It's just I've basically my habit is not formed yet for that particular reading habit. So what I do now, I use this the Dao app, and I combine two things that I need to do, which is read more <laughs> about you know nonfiction type things like business, marketing, psychology, whatever it is, things that are just interesting and useful for me in my line of work, right? And combining that with Chinese. Um, so you can do the same thing. You can find things that are in Chinese that are attuned with your life goals or your interests and just choose, find something, right? It could be movies, could be, like I said, could be marketing, could be psychology, could be, um, could be relationships, whatever it is. There's, there's literally everything out there. Um, so I've, I've chosen, uh, and, the great th and the great thing about this app, so if you go to the Xuexi section, just here, just there, um, you can find what they, have you ever heard of that app Blinkist where they sort of break down in five minutes like the entire sort of jingsui of a book, the essence of a book, the, and they, they'd sort of do a, a summary, a book summary. Well, this is the same, but it's much more in depth, which I like. So I find that Blinkist thing, I use that, um, and I didn't really like it because it was too, it was too brief. I didn't get much out of it. It was like a few bullet points and then move on. So I canceled that. But so, but what I like about this, I, it, it's just deep enough where you get a real understanding of the essence of the book. So for example, there's this book here, and they have all sorts of famous books, like you know, uh, Men Are From Mars, Women From, Women from Venus, like these sort of old classics, but also a lot of newer books, like um, this one that you might have heard of, Thinking Fast and Slow. Um, I think that's how the, the English title goes. Um, and the one I've been listening to over and over again recently is something called so um, observe like a like a spy right which is really cool so it's about how to uh, basically how to develop friendships or relationships with with new people um, so as an introvert I really need to learn a lot about that <laughs> so I've been listening to I've probably in the last week listened to this 20 times and it's 27 or 28 minutes long I listen to it on 0.7 speed uh, or 70% speed, so it's about 20, you know, it's about 30, 35 minutes long. Um, and I do that pretty much every single day. Now, ideally, I listen once in the morning while reading. And this is the great thing about this app is that I'm not trying to sell the app, by the way. <laughs> it's just awesome. It has Wengao um, for everything. Um, I can't actually load it at the moment. So it has the exact text of what you're hearing with some very slight variations, but basically you can hear everything and follow along whilst reading, which is fantastic. Reading and listening at the same time, highly recommend, okay? But when I'm out with my dogs, I can't do that. I've got to, I've got to watch out where I'm going. I can't read Chinese, listen to Chinese shadow, and also like take care of my dogs and pick up dog poop and stuff, right? So I just read and listen in the morning for half an hour, and then I listen again to the exact same thing for half an hour in the evening. That's my goal anyway. I don't, I, again, I don't want to reach that goal, but highly recommend this. After doing it 20 times, every time I listen, it's like a, a built-in SRS. You know, we always talk about space repetition software, how it's amazing, which it is, 
um, for basically reviewing, helping you review things you know already efficiently. Well, this is like a natural SRS, right? So as long as you do it every day, and you do it until you sort of picked the bones clean, as it were, um, not the most pleasant analogy, but that's how I think about it. I think about it as sort of a, as, as mining as well. You know, you have like sentence mining, but often you'll watch a TV show or something like that, or a podcast, you'll sentence mine, and then you'll move on and you'll go and watch something else. Or maybe you'll listen to it again passively, put it in your passive playlist, right? After you've mined it for sentences and words, but instead of listening to like 40 or, or doing that with like 45 episodes of a TV show, try this, try taking the audio of that TV show or just whatever, playing it on your phone, downloading it onto your phone and just listening to that same what, one episode over and over and over and over and over again. And you'll, you'll see that there's actually a lot more you can get from, from this activity if you, than if you just went 45 episodes, shadow, you know, shadow every now and then to a few of them. Choose one and just hammer it. So that's, that's my advice for you today. Um, let me know how that goes by email or anything like that. Email us at contact at mandarinblueprint.com. So go ahead and try that. And what I think you'll find is that every single time you shadow, you'll notice a, a marked improvement not only in how you shadow, actually how you produce the material, but you'll also feel the various words and structures that you maybe didn't catch the first or the fifth time. On the 10th or the 20th time, you'll notice clicks. I can't really describe it any other way, but you'll notice like, ah, I can now probably use that in conversation. And you do it another five or 10 times, right? Or 20 times, 100 times, and then that's how you extract every piece of value from a piece of content. So often there's a, there's a, co a common complaint with Chinese, right? Where it's like, there's not enough content. Well, that's all the more reason to do this. Is that's all the more reason to find a piece of content that is interesting to you or useful to you and extract everything you can, every word, every grammar structure out of that. If there's something in that material that you can't say actively, fluently, at any time you wish, then you haven't got everything you can out of that piece of material. So I'm not saying this to um, put pressure on you or anything like that or raise expectations. I'm just trying to outline I'm, I, what this should be is inspiring. This should be exciting for you, right? Because there's so much more to the material that you have that you aren't using. Uh, and shadowing is a great way. Um, and shadowing with depth is a really good way to extract that useful stuff out of your content. So I hope that helps some of you. Let's move on to the questions and emails and comments that we've had uh, this week. So the first comment today is from Makai, and it's a quick question. And what it, what it shows is um, a very common problem with Chinese for uh, beginners and sort of lower intermediates, which is simply caused by not knowing enough words and not being familiar enough with reading yet. Um, so this is, we all go through this stage. And what it is, is not seeing where one word begins and one word ends. And it's simply because Makai is not yet familiar enough with enough words and structures. And I'll show you what I mean. So there's a sentence here, 我上中学才学会汉语的语法. So 学会 is actually the word. It's 
But what what Mackay is seeing is a separate thing. So he asks, why does Hui go in that spot? Is Xue Hui Hanyu Yu the Yufa saying study opportunity or ability for Chinese grammar? So Hui is like Ji Hui as an opportunity. That's also a, a compound word, right? So he's seeing that Hui and he's trying to figure out what is that there? Like what what is that Hui doing? Is that like a short for opportunity? I had the exact same thing, right? Everyone does. So he says, I, I'd expect Hui to be at the beginning or the end. Uh, what I would say is, yeah, so, but he, it's, the only reason he's having this problem is because he simply doesn't know that Xue Hui is actually a word. So it's a result sort of complement word where um, Xue Hui, how you do you fa, how you fa. So it's like um, to study until you know it, right? So that's that's basically what that word means. Um, whatever, like build a house, I don't know. But um, it's actually a fixed word. So uh, the cool thing is, though, when you get these points of reading or listening where you're genuinely confused, like what the heck is that doing? Um, and then you go and look it up, that is extra cemented into your knowledge then. Not that I'm recommending you go and look up every single time that you have this problem, because uh, it can sort of interrupt the flow of immersion, but... It's, uh, it's definitely something to uh, think about. So next we have uh, Brian O'Connor on Haowan. He says, I see in Traverse, that's our flashcard software, I see that the word is made up of three characters, Haowar, and it's pronounced Haowan with a little R, so it's Haowar. Can both Haowan and Haowar be used to mean fun? And the answer is absolutely yes. <laughs> and there's no real difference between the two. It's just Haowar is, I always, when, I guess there is actually, because whenever I see R, like the R hua, as they say, um, where you just add R on, on the end of stuff like a pirate, basically what I think, I feel the difference is, is that it's it's uh, more colloquial, it's more spoken, it's more chilled. Um, Hao Wan would be, a, I guess, very slightly more formal, uh, not that it's not also casual, but it's just a little bit, that's the slight difference that you would find. So both are absolutely fine, Hao Wan, Hao War, Absolutely fine. I just prefer to say Hawar most of the time. It's just my habit. But neither is wrong or right, and they both have exactly the same meaning. Next is Will on fourth tone. He says, for me, fourth tone is done by singing it for a very microscopic opening moment, then quickly killing all the sound. Does everyone else agree? Anyone else agree? And I actually do agree. I think... Um, if you slowed it down, and I think you can actually look at like graphs and things like where they, they measure the frequency, the fourth tone is slightly singing at the beginning. So if I slowed it down, so for example, sure, right? Sure, if I say it quickly, you can't really notice it, but if I was to slow that down, it would sound something like this, sure, sure, right? So it's actually the first tone, all right? So, but when uh, Will says singing, it doesn't mean that you actually like sing above your vocal range. So I have a rather deep voice. I wouldn't go, sure. I wouldn't go, sure, right? Because it's just weird. All right, don't do that. It's just within what is like uh, where you would say, for example, um, um, like when you're thinking and you say, uh, like in the high, high way, that's the top of your vocal range. You don't go, um, let me think about that for a second, <laughs> right? So it'd be, sure, sure. Sure, but um, if that helps you say the fourth tone better, I think, because I think a lot of people, shir, shir, maybe they don't um, start high enough or something like that. I think that's a common issue with the fourth tone. So um, if that helps you, go ahead and use that singing analogy uh, for fourth tone.
Next is Michael Roberts on 时间 time. He says, "Hi, Phil and Luke. Referring to the phrase 时间总是走在人们前人们前面 do Chinese usually say 人们前面 instead of 我们前面 And the answer is no, because there's slightly different meanings, right? 人们 so it's difference between ahead in in front of people, as opposed to in front of us. So 人们前面 instead of 我们 is us, like we. Uh, 我们前面 So you'd say 我们 If you are sort of talking to someone directly,、um, or talking to a group of people, and trying to involve them in the conversation, you can even say if you want to make involve them even closer and then more more tight, you'd say "damen, damen tamen." Okay,、uh, but it's that "damen" is usually between one and one other person. It can be used in speeches to sort of as like a nice psychological trick to sort of bring yourself closer and to the to the people that you're speaking with. So you'd, you'd hear that in a lot of political speeches and things like that. 咱们前面，人们前面 is a very general sort of the people, right? 人们 peoples the front in front of people. Next comment is from Jack, and he has just reached at this point the end of the foundation course, which is the end of phase five, thirty-six levels.、Uh, it's about、mm, include if you count everything, six hundred characters and a thousand words. That's eighty percent comprehension of the entire language at this point.、Um, <clears throat> not that you can pick up a physics textbook and understand eighty percent of it. Uh, but you get the idea. It's like in terms of coverage of characters and words, and those top thousand words are like the most common, right? So you could actually, at this point, if you, like I was saying earlier in the beginning of the podcast, if you took those thousand words and you you studied them in depth and you listened to the sentences that we provide over and over and over again for those thousand words. You would be very far towards being、uh, achieving basic fluency. So, like、uh, you could say,、um, sort of maybe A two, I guess, fluency, like where you more than conversational, really.、Uh, if you really in depth study those words,、um, awesome. So he he just says that fantastic course. Thank you very much. <laughs> I should have probably read that first. It's like a lot of build up to that short comment. But thanks for that, Jack. Congratulations. Another one from Jack. He just、uh, is asking a question about. Uh, a sentence here, 还没出事，还没出事 So as in 出事 Usually, usually that would be an example of something you would say 出事 with an R at the end.、Um, but 出事 is also okay. But it's just I've just it's more commonly spoken with an R.、Um, and he's asking, had not yet had an accident. I can see why、uh, Jack is considering the word accident here. 出、uh, 事 but、um, like 事故事故 is like a、uh, Uh, 交通事故 like a traffic accident, like actually crashing.、Um, but 出事 it doesn't have to be an actual accident. It could just be a problem.、Uh, you know, a problem has come up. 还没出事儿 So 出事儿 literally just means、um, a, a problem has come up, something that's getting in the way of what we want to achieve here.、Um, But it could also mean accident, right? But it's just more, much more broad than that. Danny, thanks for these wrap-up videos. Very helpful, engaging reminders of the important bits. We give wrap-up videos at the end of every level, and I love the extra related cultural info. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, well, we spent a long time in、uh, China, so, and I think that's actually really important. I think that it's it's often understated, and I found out this the hard way.、Um, you know, marrying a Chinese woman, like being and and being with her family and things like that. Being good at Chinese is is is、uh, half the battle. It's also about、um, that's probably going to come off as、uh, disheartening. For, it's going to probably sound disheartening for some people, but 
Um, don't let me finish. All right, let me finish. Hear me out. So, cultural understanding is some as a big part, especially in China, where you actually talk to different age groups. Uh, in a, in there's very solid lines about borders that you don't cross with certain age groups and genders and things like that. And I guess that's that's present in every culture to some degree, but in China, it just it's, it's, the rules are a lot harsher. Um, and a lot more, just a lot more of them, right, to follow. But that's part of the fun as well. So get really good at Chinese and then interact with Chinese people in the real world and uh, learn and observe and ask questions and uh, and stay humble because you'll <laughs> you'll be humbled a lot. So for example, you know, I'd be my, my wife's father would be out having a, a meal and her uncle is there as well and he would pour me a drink, right? And her dad is very like uh, pretty zhishuang, as they say in, in the north. He's uh, uh, he, he very direct, basically, in a, in a sort of friendly way. But he was just like, I was sat there like with my sort of uh, like eating, right? And then uh, the uncle was pouring me a drink, and I thought I was impressing everyone with my Chinese and stuff, and I kind of was. But then her dad is just like, you can't just sit there while he pours your drink. You have to hold the glass and say and with two hands and say, thank you, thank you. Like, well, well, like show appreciate because he's my elder, right? So you don't just sit there and just be like, like he's a waiter. Um, and I guess that may be just common knowledge to a lot of people. But for me, I'm not really the best in social situations. So especially when there's like more high pressure situations like with my in-laws and stuff. So you'll make all kind of little quote unquote blunders like that. But it's fine because... If you have great Chinese, that makes up for a lot of those. And as long as you're aware and you're studying all the time. Um, and there are kind of, luckily there, there are a lot of rules, but um, they're very clear and obvious rules. And once you get them, you've got them, right? So you should be excited by this. It's like, there's so much to learn about, not just the Chinese language, but also how to use it when and where and in, in, in what situations. Next is Ted and he says, it sounds to me like the female voice says, Whereas the male one says, I think I can hear this difference, especially in the sentence, and to a lesser extent in the original flashcard for the word, in woman, it sounds to me like they're both saying, is one of these pronunciations more common? I'm tempted to go with because it's already so much like, but I feel like the fifth tone versions tend to be more common and colloquial. I think you'd be right. I know this is a little thing that doesn't matter. But I'm just curious to know. I don't have a great ear, so maybe this is all in my head anyway. Well, actually, I think your ear is a lot better than you think because most people wouldn't even notice that. Um, so that's great, and it's so funny, right? I actually, in my entire you know Chinese acquiring journey, I had never heard the yihua pronunciation of this ever until about I think about nine months ago. I was listening to a podcast. And I listened to it again. I was like, I've literally never heard it. It's you know, luck of the draw, right? Um, and not doing enough listening immersion, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's that's a far less common, but I've only ever heard that from northerners, but might just be my experience. But yeah, like is definitely the more common one, but uh, go ahead and use use both. In fact, if you use you might sound a bit more impressive because uh, it's less it's less common. It's a less known pronunciation. So next is Marina. Um, she says at, ah, oh, okay. Yeah, so uh, this is just in a pronunciation mastery lesson. This is for Annie reviewing. 
in her one of her reviewing videos. Annie's our native teacher. She says, it sounds like Annie is saying Wang La and skipping the Wu. Is she saying it really subtly and I can't hear it yet? So it's Wu Wang La, right? So I forgot. But um, the way Annie is saying it is she's saying it pretty much native speed. So I'll do it native speed for you. Wang La. Wang. Do you hear it? So it basically almost cuts off the Wu. And I guess that's something to do with the fact that there's another W or U sound immediately after it. So wa But if you speed up wa wang it's sort of it's, I don't know how to describe it really, but the the W, the wa gets kind of heavily shortened, if not almost completely cut off when you say it in a native way. It's the same fact saying is like, excuse me, or I'm, you know, sort of a, a mild version of I'm sorry. Bao Bao. It's like, bao yis, right? Bao yis. Bao Right? It's this, it, you sort of cut it down. And we do the same thing in English. We do the same thing in all kinds of uh, languages, right? Um, I don't know. <laughs> when we say, I don't know, we don't say, I don't know. We say, I don't know, or I don't know. <laughs> right or something in between so it's the same thing in chinese and that means you have a good ear for noticing that so well done and she says thanks for putting a lot for putting this course together i didn't know learning chinese could be this fun well that's great to hear i just love i love hearing that next is jack on vocab boost he says this is auto translating as easy to find is that right or is it a good find <laughs> that's it no so a good find I'd have to, I, you know, I don't know how to translate that right now off the top of my head. A good find. That's a good find. I, I would translate, I, I don't, there, maybe there's a specific Chinese phrase for that, but it's certainly not this. Your original answer is the one. So easy to find. For a good find, I, uh, you'd probably say, um, right, like, like I would, I would probably just translate it like that. So if I went, to, and that's sort of a, a a something that I was thinking about recently in terms of fluency. So a problem for me in terms of that's always hindered my ability to be as fluent as I could be, and sort of knocked down my potential in terms of that, is is because of what goes on here, like the the, the sort of games I play with myself as as I'm trying to speak more fluently. And I'll, I'll tell you what I mean. So for example. I would come across that, I want to express that meaning, a good find. I want to say that, that would be perfect. And my brain's trying to find it and I'm going um and ah. Uh. But instead of that, I should use the top thousand words, the most common thousand words in the language to just explain what I mean. Or say it in a different way and throw in a bunch of, you know, 就是那个这个, like in between to give myself a natural sort of filler time as well. So instead of saying a good find, I might just go, oh, good find, uh, right? And just say something complete nonsense in Chinese, which I, I used to do a lot. Um, in, instead of that, just being like, you found this, you're so lucky. You see what I mean? So I recommend you guys do that as well. Like whilst you're practicing with a tutor or talking with native speakers in some context, don't get cute, right? This is something that um, a guy I follow on, uh, on, on uh, talking about business and business uh, strategy and things like that. 
that's one of the videos he came out with recently, which is don't get cute. Basically, don't be a smart Alec, right? Don't be a xiao tongming, as they say in Chinese. Just use the simple stuff. Um, and then when it's when it's completely effortless and it just comes to mind without you thinking, then go ahead and show off a little bit and use some cheng yu or whatever. But do not ever force yourself to do that. Um, and, you know, basically like this, think, um, speak like Donald Trump, right? Speak like simple language that everyone understands, right? Um, so, yeah, I think that's a, <laughs> might not be ideal for some of you, but that's what I'd like you to, it's like a little uh, thing you could say to yourself before you start a conversation in Chinese, before you get, think like Donald Trump, right? That's how you want to communicate. <laughs> Jack again. So men, as in door, is a measure word for yuyan, which is language. And he just says beautiful. And I can see why he's saying beautiful, right? So it's, you learn a language and it opens up the door to all kinds of experiences, discoveries, business opportunities. So yiman yuyan, that is the Chinese for, uh, that's Chinese measure word. You can also say zhong, yi yuyan, but I think men, I think I agree with Jack, it's the most beautiful one, isn't it? Now Jack's got me thinking, because I've never thought about it like that. Now Jack's got me thinking, did they choose whoever they is? Did they choose the character men for the measure word for language because of that reason? I think it's very possible, don't you? Next is Alison Carrigan. She says, I'm so happy to have made it this far and I'm beyond excited to be so close to level 13. I've had to slow down my learning to focus more on improving my French, which I need more imminently. But I am still keeping up with my flashcards and I'm going to try and learn at least a little bit each day for this course. That's the attitude, right? If you really need to learn French for whatever reason, go ahead and do it. But yes, always do something every single day. Never have a zero day. That's one of the principles by which we run this company and build our courses and also continue to learn Chinese every single day ourselves too. All right. Jack, these sentences were excellent. Understood all without using an auto translator. Well done. Um, speaking of which, the best auto translator is DeepL, uh, even better than Google Translate. Um, but yeah, well done, Jack. Um, lots of comments from Jack today. Love, love the communication. Um, that's awesome. Thanks for sending so many comments. It really adds a lot to the course. It helps a lot of people. Um, and congratulations. And you have just scratched the surface. I always say that, but I'm going to keep saying it. I don't care. <laughs> you just scratch the surface of what is possible with this curriculum and with your own ability to show up every day. Next, Thomas on lay, vocab unlocked for lay. He says, I like to try and guess the meaning of words before reading the definition. I thought show lay would mean to clap, applaud, but actually I'm slightly disappointed. Yeah, show lay, I believe, if I remember my um, from my immersion, <laughs> is hand grenade, show lay. But that's pretty cool too, right? That's pretty, that's pretty well closely connected, like hand thunder. Right, that's that's a very cool sort of combination of characters to describe grenade, isn't it? I mean, I couldn't think of a cooler combination myself. Next is Will. He says, would you agree that ying is kind of said like ying, ying, ying? 
I feel like e, the E is said like uh, the fast and light E sound, and then it has a strong emphasis on the ying, ng, ng at the end. Would I agree? Personally, yes. I would say that's the most common, ying, ying, but it's more of just a northern phrase. Um, ying, 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 dian ying, right? That's that standard Mandarin, right? So technically, I, I hear ying more, but that's probably just because in my immersion, I listen to northerners a lot. It's just personal preference. So, yeah. Um, but I, I honestly don't know. I don't have the data, nor am I going to find the data on which one is actually the most common. Uh, but it's both, both are used. If you watch like a news broadcast, it's, it's not really, right? That, that's, that's Beijing. That's, that's not standard, technically broadcast Mandarin. Okay. So the most standard is technically that one. Um, but the coolest is Yung. Northern way, in my opinion. Finally, we've got Annette here. E, uh, what does it say? Uh, don't, don't, want, don't throw away the old clothes. She says, I have noticed this reference to people in the mountains being poor and uneducated in the example sentences before. Is this really how people still think today? Or are these somehow set expressions? People in the mountains or like Shanli the Hai, Shanli, like Shanshan or Xiangxia, right? Basically similar sort of connotation, which is village people, like people from the village, Nongming, like farmers, things like that. Uh, yes, they are extremely poor, right? Extremely poor relative to people living in like Guang, uh, Guangzhou or Shenzhen or Shanghai or Chengdu. Um, relatively very poor. Literally living on like, you know, a few, some people live on like a few hundred quire a month, uh, month still. Um, most people are above that, but still that is extremely common. And in terms of being less educated, yes, overall, yes. But um, China does a really good job of making sure that everyone can read, right? Um, now, I think they do anyway. I mean, I think there's a lot of, I know that every single kid goes to school and learns Chinese characters. That's like a big deal, right? They have to do that. But I think there's some older generations that still, the, the literacy rate is still relatively low in the rural areas. Um, but yeah, they are genuinely, it's not like a, you know, it's just a fact. Like uh, if you go to the the countryside in England, for example, often it's people are richer out there, right? They've got all this, they've got land and, um, you know, they've got like, Range Rovers and Jeeps and all these like, expensive cars. Um, it's not quite the same in China. China's still a very poor country, you know. So, yeah, that's that's true. That's the truth. Um, and I'm speaking, it's like my wife is from a very poor area of Hebei, right? She's from a tiny little village. And uh, I've been there many times and wonderful people, amazing people. But, yeah, it's like super poor, right? Like third world. Um but yeah, that's just the way it is. All right, guys. So uh, thank you very much for joining our podcast today. This is, uh, this, I, I, do you know what? I forgot to mention something, actually. It's a pretty big deal. I should have probably mentioned this at the beginning, but I'm not going to go back and edit it. So a little uh, treat for anyone else uh, still here. We have decided <clears throat> on making a huge change. We sent this uh, announcement out in our last newsletter. But in case you don't follow our newsletter, that's fine. Um, we are doing big things on social media. Um, I'm, we've had some delays, so hopefully we're going to get started by the end of the month. But if not, definitely early October, we're going to start releasing YouTube videos. 
and YouTube videos that we're actually going to try and make really good. Right? So until now, until recently, like never really before, have we ever really focused on making high quality, free organic content. We've always put all of our efforts into making the course as good as possible. But now we realize that we, we've, been, we've not been building our audience outside of the course and because we haven't been delivering enough value. So we have this month, we've been working hard on creating content, planning new content for, I've got 49 YouTube video ideas and I've already got um, every, like I've already got 10 of them planned out, ready to go, ready to record. And we're gonna start putting out high quality videos, high quality shorts, high quality clips on YouTube, um, you know, all of the platforms, LinkedIn, Twitter, even Pinterest. As well as that, I'm, we're gonna start posting on Instagram again, but high quality stuff like carousels uh, that teach people all kinds of cool stuff, advice, tips, wisdom for learning Chinese. We're gonna get active on Twitter as well. So, you know, watch this space and keep an eye out for all of our social media. Start following, find us on social media on all the platforms that you enjoy and start following us because we're about to put out a bunch of cool stuff and I'm really excited about it. Can't wait. So there you go, guys. Look forward to that. And I look forward to seeing you again in a month's time. Bye-bye.